This is Mike Kitko, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I'll never be a hustle whore or grind guru, but I do believe in having it all, health, wealth, and a life full of love. Struggle is not the goal, and sacrifice is not glamorous. I like the path of least resistance. It just takes a shift in mindset and the beliefs you hold. Do you believe that you need to sacrifice now to have what you want later? Or do you believe that you can have it all, all the time? Because your beliefs create your outcomes. I choose to feel wealthy, successful, and happy every day, and you get to choose for yourself. Welcome to Lead, Love, Profit, Play, where small business owners learn and choose to have it all and choose to create success without the stress. I run off inspiration. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not. So I don't have this practice where I sit down at nine o'clock every day and, and, you know, I, I go to work and I, you know, I'm not disciplined about starting on work stuff, you know, and I'm doing air quotes right now, starting on work quotes, you know, at a certain time and stopping work stuff, air quotes, um, at a, at a certain time of day. Um, I'm not, I'm not very disciplined in my approach to creating and I am a highly creative being. I am, I am like super creative. I, I write a lot. I, I speak a lot. I make videos. I, I record episodes of this podcast. I'm always doing something creative. I'm either learning or I'm creating or I'm teaching. Those are like the three phases of life for me. And all, they all seem to intertwine and all, like constantly, but I'm not. Uh, uh, Stephen Pressfield wrote a great book. And if you haven't checked it out, r- read it. It's, it's fantastic. Especially if you're a creative, if you're a creative like me, read the war of art, not the art of war, read the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. It is an amazing, amazing book to help you understand that you, if you're a creative, you just need to create because you'll like explode or implode. If you don't like, there's so much creativity trying to get out of you. And this is why for us creative types, when we're not creating, when we're not speaking, when we're not writing, when we're not doing our art, whatever your art is, when we're not doing our art, then, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to take that creative energy and you're going to use it for destructive means instead of productive means. And, and this is, you know, when I was up to my eyeballs in toxic, uh, alcohol abuse and chemical dependency. And, and when I was like eating every single thing in sight and when I couldn't, like when I was a sex addict and, and I just, you know, guys, look, if, if you don't, if you don't, if you're a creative and you don't use your creativity for, for positive means, you will use it for negative means. Okay. But the Stephen Pressfield and the war of art kind of helps you say, you know, helps you understand if you're creative, you got to create. Don't worry about if you're going to sell it. Don't worry if anybody's going to listen to it. Don't, don't worry about if anybody's going to read it. If, if you're a creative, you've just got to create. So I'm, I'm always. I, I don't, I'm not dissing, but what he also says, and the reason I brought up the book is what he also says is, you know, you can, you can, uh, uh, create whenever you want, or you can create, uh, whenever you're inspired, as long as you're inspired starting at 9 a.m. every day, right? Set your, set your clock and be inspired, decide to be inspired at nine o'clock every day. I, I, I guess I, I just don't subscribe to that. Okay. Um, anyway, we're going to, we're going to fast forward. When, when I record these episodes, it's really because I'm inspired to record an episode and I'm inspired a lot, but I'm not inspired at a certain time. And today I was sitting, uh, at my, on my patio. It, right now it's, it's still September. Uh, I, I've got, you know, 
this this episode will it'll actually be produced in three months. But um, you know, t- right now it's the first week in September, and I'm sitting outside. And I'm like, what's what's my next episode of my podcast going to be? And and it's not a grasp for inspiration, but but it's like, okay, let's play with this a little bit. What's my next episode going to be? And I was trying to just like play with some concepts and play with some ideas and see if something would come to light. And like, I really couldn't pull anything. <laughs> I couldn't pull anything and that's okay. It's not like I beat myself up about it, but I just, you know, I just continued to sit in the sunshine and and breathe and, and enjoy my morning. And then it hit me. Holy crap. The thing that I, the thing that I talk about the most, like I start off every speaking engagement just about, and it's always a topic of content within my speaking engagements. And it's in my books and, and it's in, in blog posts that I've written and I video on this thing. And that is the acronym love. That single acronym. Now, maybe you don't understand. Maybe you don't know yet what the acronym love stands for, not like the verb. Okay. But the acronym, and I'm, I'm going to go over, I'm going to, I'm going to, you got to get, go get a piece of paper. Like as you're listening to this, go get a piece of paper. Cause this shit's important. Okay. This is, this is a game changer. And, and I want you to go and get a piece of paper. Cause you're going to write it down. And then I want you to take it to your favorite tattoo artist and have it tattooed on your forehead. Okay. So it's that important. Uh, there was a time where I was an absolute judgmental asshole. There's no doubt about it. I was a judgmental asshole and I was e- very egoic and I was looking for a leg up on everybody and I was looking for how everybody else sucked so that I could feel good about myself and I was looking to push people down and I wanted people to lose so I could win. Just an absolute asshole, right? You, you, nobody, you, you wouldn't like me. You wouldn't listen to this podcast because I was like one of those, one of those nasty guys. But anyway one of those alpha assholes. But when, uh, when I heard this, this acronym, when, when I heard the, the acronym for love and, and, and that is letting others voluntarily evolve. When I, when I heard that it, it changed the way I perceived what love is. I've got a beautiful wife and I've got two amazing, gorgeous daughters. They're just amazing. They're very independent. They're very self-sufficient. They're very headstrong. They're very strong-willed. They're very talented. They're leaders. They've, they own their lives, and it's been a beautiful evolution to watch. But when they were, when my wife and I, when Angie and I were watching my, my daughters grow up and evolve, we, we did what most typical parents do, is we tried to make them and cast them in our image. Like we had values that we stood for, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying that Kitco stood for, and we needed them to, to buy into those same values. And, and our parenting was more brainwashing that, and programming than it was nurturing. Because we told them, this is what Kitcos do. 
Here's who Kitco's are. This is what you stand for. Here's your political affiliation. Here's your, your religious affiliation. Here are your favorite sports teams. This is who we are, and we are Kitco, so that's what we do. And if you're going to be a Kitco, this is what you have to do. And, and I see it so often now. When, when I understood, when, as, I, as my eyes opened to the programming and to, to the manipulation and to the, the shaming and to the, the, the shaping of, of them into the identity that I wanted them to have, when I finally opened my eyes up to it, I understood the abuse that I was afflicting on my little girls. When you, when you try to shape somebody into your image, when you try to get anyone to do what you think you need them to do to make you feel good about yourself, that is the exact opposite of love, letting others voluntarily evolve. But we have grown up in a culture. We have grown up in a society that says that your kids, you are responsible for the values that your kids hold and you need to project and you need to emphasize your values because if they're, if they are out of value alignment, then it's your fault. So we spend a lot of time programming and manipulating them into what we want them to be, not who they are created to be. And that is the opposite of love, letting others voluntarily evolve. But it didn't stop with my kids. This is how, this is how I, I, I husbanded, if that's a word. It's not, but that's how I, that's how I was as a husband. That's how I, I was as, a, as an executive in Fortune 500s in, in my leadership positions. That's how I was as a friend. That's how I was in every aspect of my life. It's how can I get you to do what I want you to do? Not, not who, you, who are you and what do you want and how can I help you get that? How can I help you be more than that? It's how can I get what I want from you? How can I get you to make me more comfortable? How can I get you to see the world the way I do? How can I convince you that I'm right and you're wrong? How can I reshape your thoughts? How can I reshape how you perceive life so that I can feel good about myself? Because if you believe one thing and I believe another, that means I might be wrong and I don't want to be wrong, so I need to convince you that I'm right. Like we can't have two different opinions and both of us be okay. Two different perspectives. And that's the way I I approached everyone in life. I was a manipulative ass. I was abusive. I, I spent my whole life trying to reshape other people because... I couldn't just let them be because if they were different than me, that means I might be wrong and I don't want to be wrong. 
So guys, there's only 7.88 billion people. And as soon as we get everybody else to believe what we believe and think the way we think and see the world the way we see, then we can finally feel okay. And that's a lot of people. Or, or we can just let others voluntarily evolve. We're, we're taught and, and we're taught through example. I know when I was raised, I was raised in a German Catholic household and sent to German, well, I don't know, German Catholic, but Catholic education until I went to to high school. And, And I was basically indoctrinated and not given a choice what I believe. No one at any point ever asked me what I believe. They told me what to believe. At no point did my father ask me my political views. He told me what my political views should be. At no point did my mother ask me what what I felt my greatest qualities were. She just told me who I should be and who I shouldn't be. And and the the quote that I heard, the, the, the sentence that I heard more, probably more than any other sentence in my life growing up is, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And what, and my parents love me very much. Don't get me wrong. My parents love me. They, they were doing the best that they could because that's how they were raised. But in turn, when I had children, I only had one example of what parenting was. And I did the exact same thing to my kids as my parents did to me. And I used shame and guilt and threats and blame and anger to coerce and convince my kids not to be themselves, but to be who I wanted them to be. And I did my absolute best blindly. I did my absolute best to break them of who they were to make them in the image that I wanted them to be. And I thought that was parenting. And we we put it under the, the disguise and, and the guise and the mask of preparing you for the world. And we fail to realize that everyone is prepared for the world. If we just understand who they are, what talents they have, what gifts they have, what, what they stand for and nurture, nurture that out of them instead of trying to change them to fit in. You ought to be ashamed of yourself is probably the most damaging thing you could ever say to another human being. Because that means that you are not good enough. You are not adequate. You are not significant. And as you are, you are flawed and you can't be who you are. And this is the opposite of love. Letting others voluntarily evolve. I've learned a lot through manipulating shaming and guilting and trying to coerce and convince people to be who I wanted them to be so much so that I refuse 
I've refused to be that in life. And what that's done is when I work with people, when I coach them, when I teach them, when I, when I engage, when I connect with them, when I relate with them, the thing that I want to know is who are you and how can I amplify that? And the number one block that I find in almost everybody that I work with, the number one block that I find is the shame barrier. People feel ashamed of themselves because they've been told their whole life that they're not okay. And that's abuse. And our school systems do it. Our parenting does it. Our religions do it. Our political freaking views do it. Our political parties do it. They tell us if we're who we are, we're not okay. And it's abuse. And it's damaging. And it makes people feel less than they truly are. And that's infinite and power and powerful and eternal and abundant. And we'll recognize we're all those things if we just allow every aspect of our light to shine. And there's only one way that we can help each other's light shine. And that's to let others voluntarily evolve, to love them into higher states. I'd have you consider that as a parent, if I had it to do all over again, my job would be to put barriers, physical barriers around my child so that they couldn't hurt themselves and then allow them to grow up into the beautiful, natural, artistic, powerful, loving beings that they already were instead of squashing all of that and trying to remake them in my image. If I had it to do all over again, I would help understand who they are here to be and amplify that instead of tell them what sports teams we root for, what political organizations we cheer for or we vote for, what religions are right, and tell them which religions are wrong. In other words, I wouldn't abuse them. I would love them. Letting others voluntarily evolve. We talk about how we're going to elevate society and how we're going to, to get out of all the darkness and how the, the wars and the conflicts and, and the killings and murder and holy crap, all the crap that's happening all around us, the chaos and, and freaking destruction in the world. There's one way. <laughs> Let others voluntarily evolve. If 7.88 billion people honored the uniqueness and the perfection and the imperfection of everyone else, the chaos would stop. The conflict would stop. The pain would stop. But instead, we try to project our beliefs our opinions, our perspectives on the other people. And we look at them like they're broken 
when they don't believe what we believe. And love is always the answer. Love is always the answer. You can't reject yourself in the higher states of wealth, success, and happiness. And you cannot reject someone else in the higher states of wealth, success, and happiness. But you can love everyone, including yourself, into the perfect, divine, beautiful essence of who you really are. And just imagine what a perfect world we'd live in if everyone honored the uniqueness of everyone else. To access powerful tools and content to create more wealth, success, and happiness in your life, or to join the Happy Millionaire community, visit www.livesoulout.com.